Today on CityCast Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is pretty lucky to be rolling in green. And no, I don't mean money. I mean trees. But it can be surprisingly complicated to get a tree planted in your area. All sorts of stuff gets in the way from high rentership to bad sidewalks to investor and absentee homeowners who neighbors can't find to get permission to plant the tree. Danielle Crumrine is about to celebrate her 15th year leading the nonprofit Tree Pittsburgh. She's with CityCast Megan Harris to talk about what local lawmakers could be doing to help. It's Thursday, April 28th, almost Arbor Day. I'm Morgan Moody, and this is CityCast Pittsburgh. So for a few years now, the organization has been really focused on this concept called tree equity um, or environmental justice. Uh, What do those terms mean to you? To me, you know, there's there's a formal definition to environmental justice, right? The EPA has it out there. To me, environmental justice means having equal access to the benefits that nature provides to us whether it's a place for respite, a place to get exercise, cleaner air, cleaner water. You know, we could talk about extra pollution and and those sorts of things. But to me, it's just accessing the benefits to all of those things, which we don't always think about when we think about environmental justice. Yeah. And then tree equity, then how does that extend? Yeah, tree equity is, you know, thinking about the distribution of our tree canopy. Who has trees and who doesn't have trees? Who has access to tree benefits and who doesn't? Mm-hmm. Tree Pittsburgh does canopy studies every few years, too. Uh, I think the last really huge master one I saw was just about 10 years ago. Um, it ranked a bunch of neighborhoods, the top 10 for tree cover um, and the bottom 10. How does the lack of trees affect these communities day to day? We have the 2010 data, but we also have a 2015 analysis that gave us an understanding of the loss of canopy and and why we were losing trees. Canopy meaning like tree cover if you're looking at it from like a bird's eye view. That's exactly right. There's the bird's eye view of the tree canopy. We've also done analyses of the, I like to say the groundhog's eye view to understand the condition yeah, and the species distribution um, so that we can, you know, begin to make better decisions about the types of trees we're planting and, and how we're caring for the canopy as well. But when you think about how low canopy impacts communities, I often like to show people maps of surface temperature, for example. Oh, yeah. And when you look at the tree canopy map and move your eyes over to the surface temperature map, you see these neighborhoods are hotter. And it doesn't take a rocket scientist. It doesn't take research for us to understand on a hot summer day, where do you want to be? You want to be under a tree. And there's a lot of negative health consequences to, you know, exposure to heat. Um, and even when we think about air pollution and you look at the, the maps that the Breathe Project has put out there. So you could see those hot spots of air pollution in our city. Yeah, the Breathe Project, that's a Heinz Endowments thing. Um, they study air quality in southwestern PA. They've been around for quite a while now. Yeah. When you look at those maps and you see alignment with tree canopy. So we have heat, we have air pollution. We know that heat um, exasperates air pollution, increases ozone levels. So imagine if you're somebody who suffers from asthma um, 
dealing with the heat and the extra air pollution, which subsequently also makes you more vulnerable to COVID. So we can even make those connections. Yeah. The mental health connection as well. You know, having a view of trees, having access to shady green places to walk for your mental health. And this is something that a lot of people are talking about right now. Um, During lockdown, when we were all trapped in our houses, you know, taking a walk was the highlight of your day. And imagine not having that place to walk or it's too hot to walk down the street. Yeah, it really shifted everyone's priorities in a big way, I think. It sure did. Um, And when I look at the list, even back then, you know, Hayes and Glen Hazel and St. Clair, New Homestead, Perry North, like those are the ones with the most trees versus uh, Chateau, which if you're not familiar with that neighborhood, it's the basically what flanks the river trail between uh, Western Penn and like the Mr. Rogers statue, just about um, that whole little stretch. And, you know, it's all industrial. Um, The North Shore too, the Central Business District downtown. I'm curious, as you look at that data versus now, have the trends improved in any of those areas? We have made some progress. Um, let's take street trees, for example. There early on, that was the only data that we really had at our fingertips back yeah. in the, the first years of Tree Pittsburgh. We had a census of all the trees. And street trees are an important indicator of equity because that is the city putting resources into a neighborhood. The city is planting those trees, caring for those trees. So we looked at trees per capita, uh, street trees per capita, um, 14th Ward, which is Squirrel Hill, Point Breeze, arguably the wealthiest ward in the city versus the 12th Ward, which is parts of Larimer and Homewood. Mm-hmm. 14th Ward, back in 2005, had one tree for every five people versus the 12th Ward, Lincoln, Larimer, Homewood area, one tree for every 15 people. The city average was one tree for every 11. Knowing this data, we're able to put our resources where they're needed the most, advocate for those resources to go there. So today, I'm very happy to report 12th Ward is one tree for every 10 people. Pretty remarkable improvement there. Still a ways to go. So I think that's a a great point to make that, you know, when you have this data, you know that the problem exists, you can start to do something about it. Yeah. Well, and how did those changes come about? I guess who drives the bus there? Is it Tree Pittsburgh? Is it the city? Is it residents who call in inquiring about their trees or the lack thereof? It's a mix. I think having an organization like Tree Pittsburgh to advocate for communities and to shed light on the issue, um, you know, it was the City Shade Tree Commission that could commission the study in the first place to <laughs> nice. understand the, the census. Uh, to have that census of street trees. So all the credit belongs there and those folks who made the decision early on. And they were the the people that started Tree Pittsburgh, understanding that it really does take a coalition of people and organizations. And our role then was engaging the community. So you have the city saying, yes, we believe in this. Let's start this nonprofit. Nonprofit starts to engage the the residents. But it really takes a mix of city resources, philanthropy, and the will of the citizens to make all of this happen. Yeah. Well, and I guess, regardless of who's planting, how do you decide where to put trees? You know, I feel like sometimes I look around and with street trees, for example, um, I see new plantings in places where 
I kind of scratch my head because technically there is absolutely enough space for that little bitty planting, right? But I wonder sometimes, if, is there going to be enough space in 10, 20, 30 years down the line? Yeah. How do you, how do you make those choices? Yeah, it's, we make the decision using a, a number of indicators. Of course, the data helps us to understand where trees are needed the most. Mm-hmm. And then we do the outreach to the organizations in that community. And it might be a Y, it might be a school, it might be a community organization if one exists or a block watch group. And once we do the outreach and, and get a sense of what the community wants, then we get to start the planning process. Unfortunately, and I'm using the word unfortunately because I'll explain that this has been a, a barrier, property owner permission is required to plant a street tree outside of someone's home. Yeah. So when you have neighborhoods with high rentership or absentee landowners, it's hard to get that permission. And then those folks don't get trees. Which is a huge problem here in Pittsburgh. I, I know this is old, but I think five, six years ago, I saw a stat that was something like 30% in excess of, whereas all, you know, what we would call absentee or investor owned property, um, which can be kind of tough to get in touch with those folks sometimes. Yeah. So one of the recommendations we're making is to do away with that process. Do we truly need a property owner permission if the residents in the community are willing to help take care of the trees? Does it make a difference too with the sidewalks, for example? Because I know a lot of times if you have a sidewalk in front of your house, it's also your responsibility then to cover maintenance or repairs if, if it comes up. Yes, that's a great point. The sidewalk is the responsibility of the homeowner which absolutely presents a challenge. And I don't think everybody quite understands that when they're in the first time home buying experience too. That's correct. And I think a really important point to make is that the way we select tree species now and the way we plant trees is different than how it used to be done. Really? So when you see a big tree in a little tiny hole, lifting up the sidewalk, lesson learned. An oak tree does not belong in a three by three little tiny hole, um, (laughs) it's going to lift the sidewalk. And we also see these trees planted under power lines, which wrong decision made when that tree was planted. So now we, our mantra is right tree, right place, small trees under power lines that will conflict later. And we also help to um, change the policy around the planting pit side. So now they have to be at least three by 30 square feet. Three by 10 is the typical cutout that you'll see. Okay. And we're we're very choosy about what species goes in, something that doesn't have the most aggressive roots, something that's appropriate for the site. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of floored by that. That's really neat. I haven't thought about how those decisions are made in the modern day. When did that kind of switch over? It's been about a decade now that we've made the changes. If you look at some of the trees along Hamilton Avenue, for example, those were trees that were planted early on and you'll see the bigger trees now. They're growing large. They're in larger tree pits. And, you know, that's, we're, we're always trying to think of the best way for that tree to thrive without conflicting with the surrounding infrastructure. So downtown at the Elvis Wilson Center, for example, we were able to um, create an underground system that has good soil in it so those trees can grow big without lifting up the sidewalks later on. So I guess as you're kind of looking ahead, what's left to be done? You know, top of your list, what's the evolving mission right now? So equity is top of the list uh, for sure. I think we're, while we've been chipping away at it for the last 15 years, there's still a, a 
ways to go. And we, this month, we are working on increasing awareness among elected officials, uh, philanthropic leaders. You know, these are folks that hold a lot of power. They could change a policy that is standing in the way of someone getting a tree. They could provide the extra support to help us do the extra outreach that's needed. So uh, we have a series of recommendations that we're going to be putting forward some innovative ideas like creating overlay districts in the city. What does that mean? low canopy areas. So I would give the example of the new riverfront overlay district that we have in the city of Pittsburgh, which helps to create certain development standards along our riverfronts. So imagine if we had this canopy overlay that would help to um, encourage tree planting during development or help to dedicate more resources to these areas to plant more trees and provide care to trees that could include park development as well. So really just calling out these special areas in the city that that need special attention and management. So what if people want to see more trees in their neighborhood? Um, what can they do? Call Tree Pittsburgh if you want to see more trees. If we can't help you, we can connect you to resources. Also, let your elected officials know that you love trees and you want more trees. Danielle is the executive director of Tree Pittsburgh. Thank you so much for your time. And we'll be sure to link to that master plan on the website. It's just full of cool data and totally fascinating. Thank you, Megan. I really enjoyed speaking with you. And I do hope that folks will hear this interview and visit our website to learn more. Okay, now to a little more news. Eaton Park is a gem and that is a hill I will die on. The restaurant is pairing up with Grist House Brewery to bring fans of their what could be actually world famous strawberry pie in the form of a beer. The sour beer is named Strawberry Pie Forever and it's brewed with sweet strawberries and Tahitian vanilla. It's available now at Grist House in Millville. Today is the NFL draft, so good luck to everyone dreaming of playing in the NFL. And I'm only wishing the Steelers, the Steelers only, a great draft. Nobody else. I don't care about anybody else. And show a little bit of love to our newsletter. Election Day is upon us. It's May 17th. Are you registered? Do you want a mail-in ballot? If you need to know when all that stuff needs to be in, head over to our newsletter. Francesca's made it super easy to find all those links. They're right there in the newsletter uh, to take you all the places that you need to go to make sure your vote counts. And Saturday is Independent Bookstore Day. Today's edition has a bunch of places you can celebrate with your hard-earned dollars. That's all for today here on CityCast Pittsburgh. Our team this week includes lead producer Megan Harris, newsletter editor is Francesca DeBecco, and producer Natalie Rivera. Music is by Benji, and I'm your host, Morgan Moody. If you enjoyed the show, tell a friend, tell your uncle, tell your aunt, uh, put it in your stories. You can even troll the main accounts, just don't troll me. (laughs) We'll be back to daily soon. And until then, watch your feeds on Tuesday for a special episode about police accountability. See you then. Of course, I'm enthused about myself, but I need to give it to everybody else.